Welcome back to the Puma Podcast. I'm Tori. Hey, and I'm Puma. And on this podcast, we talk about... Life. (laughs) Jesus. Jesus' life and everything between. (laughs) Jesus' life and everything in between. Well, we want to talk about Jesus. It always comes back to Jesus. It it does. So, you know, I mean, in in life, this is who we are. We we Mm -hmm. live life, and life begins and ends with Jesus, I'm convinced. Yeah, and it's cool that Jesus cares about the in-between of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, He doesn't have to, but yeah, Jesus cares. Yeah, he cares about the in-between, and uh, in-between are big things, and Mm -hmm. sometimes things that we think are insignificant. Yeah, welcome back to, I think, our eighth part of our, you know, Love, Dating, and Relationships series. And uh, last week we talked about how to kind of view and process past relationships that have failed uh, and how there's grace, how the gospel gives grace to to us, to others um, with our mistakes and how if God can forgive us, we ought to forgive ourselves and others. And in today's big idea, we're talking about the future things in life. So we're talking about how to pursue and process not just the past, but how to move forward in our relationships. How do we as Christians, despite the past, learn to trust God and move forward in the unknowns of life, uh, particularly in our relationships? So let's dive in. So, Puma, uh, you're married, you got a bunch of kids, and... uh, Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I, when I, I mean, I, I guess I'm your kid. Well, I don't guess. I know I, I am your kid. But when I think about when you grew up at the time from when you grew up, were relationships simpler in your day or were they just as complicated? I mean, was there a lot of pressure to get married when you were growing up? I mean, in the church? Uh, I, I don't know that it was full of pressure and complicated. I, I, think, I think there's a lot more pressure today for sure. Um, Hmm. with relationships and you know i mean ideas have consequences and so Hmm. ideas about what a relationship should or shouldn't be what it should and shouldn't look like what i should and shouldn't have are shaped by the ideas that i believe to be true and ideas come from us all all over the place Hmm. you know we ever you know in music you know so growing up you know, music was a big influence on what what a relationship should look like and Hmm. and, in love and, and dating you know, every, every country song, you know, you lost your, your wife and then she come flying back to you. Right. You know, they, they, like a <laughs> yeah. yo-yo and, you know, it just, just the way, uh, it is. And, and we didn't have, you know, when I was a, a kid, you know, cable didn't come until the early mid eighties, cable TV, mm. and we didn't have the internet. We didn't have, uh, mm. you know, smartphones. I didn't have access to the information in the world on my phone. I didn't have YouTube where I could, you know, or, or like TikTok and just kind of watch videos mm-hmm. of everyone imaging what life is supposed to look like and how my life doesn't measure up. Right, to idolize those. Yeah, you know, and, and, and the, the the entitlement where, you know, today, you know, you're told this is what you should have, this is what it should look like, and, and on and on and on. I mean, we had pressures. I mean, every generation mm-hmm. has their pressures, but I think the pressure today, uh, the image uh, especially we we've become such an image oriented culture mm. where you know the pictures and the sounds and the experiences have shaped our expectations of what we think mm. we should and shouldn't have mm. so yeah it's uh i don't know i i mean i i really feel for you know the younger generations today because it's mm. uh it's hard to sift through the weeds of all of that to see what's really true mm. to see what God really desires for us and to really 
um, you know, kind of parse life out into its appropriate categories. Mm-hmm. You know, what is foolishness? What is what is wise? What is beneficial? What is not helpful? Um, mm-hmm. What is, um, you know, meaningful? And what is just a right. waste of time? Yeah, well, and it's interesting, too, because with our relationships, I mean, I don't know, again, how much pressure you had to go to college or, like, big life decisions growing up. I think we have way more more options now. I mean, you know, I think maybe, I think I wasn't around when you were, you know, in high school growing up. But but even, like, when you were in college, post-college, you know, the pressure, I think, today, there are so many options you could do whatever. You could be an you know, influencer. You could go to college. You could not go to college. You could be a trade person, or you could just be a gamer online. I mean, not only is there more options, I think, now than before, but I think our culture kind of parades laziness. Our culture kind of parades um, not just social media, but people who make noise in our community, whether you're helping or not. <laughs> if you just are loud and mm-hmm. have a megaphone, then you know you can make change happen if you scream loud enough kind of mentality. And for my friends, from what I'm learning, I think when it comes to dating, when it comes to Christian relationships, how to honor God, we are, I would say, more confused because there are so many more avenues of, of like politics, of well, that's what parenting styles. Yeah, there's lots of, a lot more options today, but a lot more avenues to all those options. So it's mm. multiplied out, mm. which makes yeah. it super confusing. Yeah. So. Well, even how you were raised. I mean, I think, you know, some people, are, well, I'm only going to homeschool my kids. Well, I'm only going to private school. Well, you know, we need Christians in the public school. And, you know, even last week you talked about, you know, some past hurts, some baggage, some, some failed relationships. In this week's episode, we're kind of focusing on the future. Okay, so yeah, there's the gospel is real. Jesus loves you. He's forgiven you. And your past relationships do not define you. But moving forward, even with a, a clean conscience and, and a heart that loves God and wants to do the right thing, there are still effects of baggage and there's still a lot of unknowns. I mean, okay, so I had a couple girlfriends in the past and like as a Christian, what do I do with that? Because it is part of my story. It, it's a bad part of my story, but can God use that? Where does he want me? Is, is it wise to date someone when I have baggage? Do I need to be a prince in order to get a princess? I've heard that phrase a lot. You know, mm-hmm. I was told if, if you, you know, God will give you a girl when you're a good guy, he'll give you a good girl. And I mean, do I need to fix myself before going to a relationship? Um, yeah, that word baggage is an interesting one. I mean, anyone that's traveled or, or flown anywhere Notice, know that baggage comes in all shapes and sizes. There isn't, <laughs> there true. isn't one particular type of baggage mm. that is defined as baggage. That's true. Yeah. And so you know, whether big or small, whether it's you know you got a, a seventy pound, you know, suitcase with whatever in it, or mm. you have just a little backpack <laughs> that mm. you're taking on mm-hmm. the plane or a carry on, it's all still baggage that you take with you, mm. and it's something that you have to deal with and have to have to manage. And so. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to minimize uh, small things. Um, you know, sometimes I think we only focus on the the, the big, mm. the big things, call That's that true. baggage. But everybody has uh, situations in their life. I mean, that we we are sinful people. We have, you know, betrayed someone who who trusted us. Uh, mm. We have um, said things behind someone's back. We've you know been stabbed in the back by a friend, and we've been done the stabbing and. You know, all the way up to, you know, I, you know, was dating and, you know, I, I cheated on my girlfriend and impregnated somebody else. I mean, you can mm-hmm. have like serious mm-hmm. consequences yeah. 
of those kind of, I mean, the, the whole, there's the whole gamut of, of things. And so don't want to minimize small things or big things, but mm-hmm. just how do you deal with, with, with baggage? Mm-hmm. And, well, and how do you trust God? Because I think a lot of millennial Christians want to do the right thing. They're just, we're just so scared because we don't know what trust looks like. What is wise? I mean, moving forward, you know, I, I had a very well-intentioned friend who advised me, maybe you shouldn't date this girl because of X, Y, and Z. And she had boyfriends that you've never had a relationship before. And, you know, and, and to be fair, some of the things he said on paper sound like, yeah, I mean, she has experience with dating. I don't, that could be a problem, right? We did very different family structures and styles. You know, she's been to public school, Christian school. I was homeschooled. And in his attempt to love me, he just said, Hey, I don't think you should pursue this girl. Now, I mean, again, I, I, I mean, it was easy for me to say, well, I prayed about it and I just, I really did believe God wanted me to pursue this. But I mean, that's for me speaking more generally for our Christian millennials who are listening, like how, how do we, how do they trust God in a world full of unknowns? Does the Bible speak to how to trust God, how to process past hurt and moving forward? Yeah. Well, in the Bible, when we talk about baggage, a lot of people have baggage. Um, yeah. One of those people, his name was Jesus. Mm. He had baggage. So, I mean, growing up, he was considered what? Oh, yeah. He was a... An illegitimate child, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Mary got pregnant from some other man. Joseph was going to divorce her quietly. Mm, that's true. But, you know, God said, no, the one that she was carrying was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Mm. He is He is God. Well, Mary and Joseph believed that, but, you know, other people didn't believe that. And he grew up in a little town with that stigma. Um, you know, he was a carpenter's son. You know, he wasn't formally educated. I mean, he had a lot of, you know, yeah, say, say, not going say baggage. <laughs> in fact, you know, when Jesus interacted with people, um, you know, some of the things that people commented was some of this baggage, right? He's He wasn't this, you know, super mm. talented guy. Um, they accused him of being illegitimate. They accused yeah. him of being uneducated. Mm-hmm. And Jesus could have listened to those things because they kind of theoretically were sort of true from mm. a worldly perspective, mm-hmm. right? Joseph wasn't Jesus's natural father. Right. Yeah. Um, Jesus wasn't educated. And so Jesus could have listened to that. And and see, it's all about who we listen to and and whose eyes, whose perspective we live through. Mm. And so Jesus could have lived through the perspective of his small little town, the village, that he wasn't going to amount to nothing. Mm. Um, but Jesus had his eyes not fixed on himself or his baggage or his town. He had his eyes fixed on the Father mm. and what mm. the Father wanted him to do. And I think that's something that's really helpful for us because we can get very weighed down by our baggage because yeah. we are focused on our baggage. Mm. That's true. I thought of that. Yeah, we can get so focused on what we haven't done right, that we don't even look to what God wants to do with us currently. Yeah, we get blindsided looking back. Yeah, because we're the sum of our experience. I mean, all these things shaped Jesus. Um, mm. the, these were all uh, ordained by God the Father, the the place that Jesus was going to live, the town he was going to live in, the family he was going to be in, the, the, the time in history he was going to be in. These were not accidents, but mm. sovereignly designed purposes of the Father for Jesus. Did it make Jesus' life easy? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Nope. No. But see, Jesus didn't live 
um, with the lens of these things that easily could have weighed him down. Um, he, mm-hmm. he, that they, they, sh- they shaped him. They were part of who he was, but that's not what his eyes were fixed on. Mm-hmm. And, um, he was able to, to live through that. And with other people, so the woman at the well, right? All kinds of baggage, yeah, right? All kinds yeah, of right. relational baggage. Maybe a bit larger baggage. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all kinds of relational baggage, mm-hmm. you know, and she's talking with Jesus and, and John four and, you know, they're having this conversation and, you know, what's interesting is she comes out to the well in the middle of the day to avoid people mm-hmm. because of her baggage. Yeah. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot, a lot of shame. Yeah. Because of her baggage, because of, of, of her history and mm-hmm. how people viewed her. And so she was living in light of how the townspeople viewed her. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting is after conversing with Jesus her eyes were off of herself and her past, and her eyes were on Jesus, the living water. And what does she do? She goes back into town. She goes back into town to talk to who? The the people she was The very people she of. was avoiding because yeah. of her shame. Hmm. Interesting. And they all come out, you know, to the well. And, and, and I don't know what she said to them, but <laughs> they all came out to see what she was talking about. In mm. other words, her baggage didn't change. It's not mm. like her baggage went away. That's true. But her perspective on her baggage in light of Jesus did a 180. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's really, really good I, to think about how our personal baggage, you know, not only can blindside us, but when we get off ourselves, it it can do the opposite for people around us. When we start looking through the perspective of, of God's eyes and what he wants to accomplish through broken people like us, you know, like you know, I mean, even last week, even to Peter, people who had baggage, you know, woman at the well, when we surrender that and, and really trust God with what he can do and focus on him, not ourselves, it really does change our community. It's a little story quickly, I guess. I, in college, never had a girlfriend, uh, wanted to, um, there's like a couple of girls I was interested in, but, uh, one d- didn't care for me, which is fine. And the other one I thought she did. It was just kind of a sad story, <laughs> but all I have to say, I'm a senior and I'm meeting with Dr. Holmes. I met with him every week and uh, we're having breakfast together. And I was just kind of like lamenting, like a Dr. Holmes, like I'm a senior. You know, I didn't go to college to get a girl, but I really do want to be in a relationship. And I don't know where we're going to be post, you know, college. And, you know, I was just kind of complaining, I guess, really. And <laughs> Dr. Holmes goes, Tori, let me, let me fill you in a little secret here. He's like, let, let, me, let me tell you, as a married man who's got a couple of kids, been married for couple of decades. Let me, let me tell you something about relationships and about marriage. I'm like, okay, great. So I kind of, you know, like lean in. I'm okay. What you got from Dr. Holmes? <laughs> and, and he goes, you know, I think every day I get to wake up to my beautiful wife. She's great. She's awesome. She is loving. She's just the best. She's absolutely the best. But you know what, Tori, being married, it's kind of boring. And I'm like, I said that. Like, what do you mean boring? He goes, well, he's like, I know my mission every day. I know that God has called me to love him, to love my wife, to love my family, to love my church. And he's like, there was a time in my life when I didn't know that. I was completely in the unknown. He's like, I didn't know who I would marry, didn't know where I'd work. I, did, I had so many unknowns. And he's like, now I know that God has called me to, to love my wife. And he said, and that is great and it's beautiful. But there's something special about the unknown. There's something kind of intriguing when you don't actually know what the future holds. And they looked at me and he goes, Tori, it's like you are in a very unique season where you don't know where God wants you. You don't know who you're going to marry. And that is a good thing. 
because God's called you to this season. He's like, one day you're going to look back and you will know. You'll be married. You'll look back on your single your, your single season. You'll call it a gift. The gift of single. You'll know, you know one day that you're no longer you know, single. He's like, but you don't want to look back on your single season and have it be filled with regret because you trusted in yourself. You focused on yourself. Instead of, God, how do you want to use me? Who can I love today? What What do you want from me in my singleness? And he's like, so embrace the mystery. Embrace it. Embrace it with Jesus because he is with you in this mystery. And then he's like, hey, one day you'll know. And that's kind of boring. <laughs> and, and it just really hit me that, you know, we, you know, millennials, and I'm married now. So again, I know my calling. I know who God wants me to love every day. And that's great. But there was a season when I didn't know. And I just wonder, did I honor God through that season? Was I so focused on myself during that singleness season that maybe I, I, I wasted and missed on opportunities? And looking back, I want to be proud of the story that I'm writing. And it really helped me to embrace the mystery because the focus, I mean, good things come from not just with, with me, what I want, and even my good intentions. It comes from obeying God. And you will not obey God if you're focused on yourself. If our vision is limited to what we can do and our hopes and our dreams, it's going to be very short-sighted and won't have that eternal, um, that good eternal Im- impact. So yeah, focus on Jesus. Yeah, so focusing on yourself, we call it baggage, or more specifically, my baggage. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's not your baggage, it's my baggage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, you might be a part of my baggage, but it's my my baggage. And uh, yeah, when we when we're living in light of our our baggage, whatever that is, um, we are. We're going to get bogged down. We're going to be mm. tripped up. We're going to be frustrated. We're going to be disillusioned. And uh, this is why it's so important. You know, so where do we fix our eyes? Mm. Right? Where, what are we looking at? The woman at the well, she saw Jesus. You got Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Mm. Right? Yeah, he was a wealthy, wealthy man, but he had baggage. Right? The the people of Jericho wanted really nothing to do with him. Just kind of the the sinners uh, of Jericho didn't mind hanging out with him or the outcast. He was, he was a type of outcast, just like mm, the one at the well, right. you know, though he had all this wealth, he was a, a short man, you know, and had all the stigma and whatnot. But what did he do? He, he saw Jesus. And when he saw Jesus, he got his eyes off of his baggage. Mm. Um, and, and that changed everything. You see, I think last, in the last podcast we talked about, just um, relationships and, and, and breakups. And, you know, we mentioned how um, God uses relationships to refine us or to sanctify us. Um, relationships hi- highlight our theology, what's really going on. Um, our baggage does the same thing. We're the sum mm-hmm. of our life experiences. And what we do with the experiences, the, the negative ones in our life, that maybe sin that we committed has consequences or sinned against us or things mm, that have happened to right. us, how we respond to these things reveals our theology, reveals our heart, reveals where we are with God. And it also reveals where our eyes are fixed. Um, our, our eyes, um, you know, the, and to say the eyes of our heart, you know, mm. where eyes of our heart are fixed. Um, Hebrews 12, um, love the first three verses there. You know, it begins with, you know, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, talking chapter 11, all the people there had baggage, all kinds of baggage. You know, he says, um, we need to get rid of the sin that entangles and so easily mm-hmm. trips us up and let's run the race marked out for us. Mm-hmm. In other words, 
your, your life and my life, God has a purpose for us, a race marked out for us. Our enemy, like we talked about last week, it's not people. Mm, it, it's sin right, and Satan. It's spiritual. Yeah, it's, you, know, you know, it's sin in my heart and, and an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy us. And so our baggage and the experiences of our life are used by the enemy and our sin nature to hold on to these things to trip us up. And he says we need to throw them off. Some, I mean, you can't get rid of consequences, but you can get rid of the the bondage that the consequence has on hold on your life when mm-hmm. you're focused on that instead of mm-hmm. what God is doing in you through those things. Um, the nation of Israel, you know, they had all kinds of baggage when they left Egypt. And God told them, don't remember Egypt, remember the God who rescued you mm-hmm. out of Egypt. Yeah. So when when our eyes are fixing our our issues, we are going to be tripped up. But mm-hmm. when we're fixing the God who is rescuing us or working on us through those issues, mm-hmm. we are going to walk the path that God has marked out for us. Mm-hmm. So relationally, uh, you know, uh, life is not done. You know, if you're listening to this today, you know, God has a, a point and purpose for your life and relationships. That's what we were created for. Are part of that, you know. And so the the past doesn't have to define your future. Mm. Um, what God is doing in your life and growing and maturing you, how he's helping shape your heart and refine your heart and sanctify your heart through the even the sin that you've done or the things that have happened to you, and that's part mm. of God's refining, you know, sanctifying work in your in your yeah. life. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's so good. I mean, and it's so hard. It's simple to say, yeah, I just focus on Jesus and and trust that God wastes nothing, even our baggage, even our and, and sometimes baggage is put upon us. Like you said, sometimes other people sin against us and we have baggage. It's not always self-caused, but God doesn't waste anything. No. Well, even the Hebrews, you know, then he says to fix your eyes on Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Fix your mm-hmm. eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross and the shame mm-hmm. of the cross and sat, sat down at the right hand of the Father. And then um, the right Hebrew says this, consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men that we will not grow weary or lose heart. Mm. In other words, the practicalness of fixing our eyes on Jesus, who faced opposition. He, I mean, not just the baggage of his life, but also the opposition to his life relationally, mm-hmm. you know, betrayed by a friend, the religious leaders, his peers, they all hated on him. People wanted to kill him all the time. You know, he faced opposition. Mm but he found joy in what he was doing because he was running the race the Father had marked out for him. Hmm. And so when we fix our eyes on Jesus and consider him, hmm. it helps us to not grow weary or lose heart in our day. Yeah. So yeah, that, yeah. whether you're single or married, both are hard and both have their struggles. Yeah. yeah. And, and Mar- marriage is not the... <laughs> doesn't know, fix baggage. And, and the relationship totem pole, singleness is not the lowest. Bad relationship is the lowest. Yeah. Right? Yes. Proverbs says, you know, you know, better to, you know, um, you know, to be in a house with a quarrelsome wife is like sitting on the corner of your roof or like a drip, constant dripping. It's just, it's yeah. painful. Right. You know, bad relationship. And this is why people get divorced or they want to want to break up because mm. bad relationship is worse than singleness. Yes. Yep. So. Yeah. And there's baggage in, in both. And. I think it's great to remember that, you know, marriage isn't the fix. You know, being single isn't the fix either. 
it's being right with God. It's, it's focusing on the author and perfecter of our faith, which means we need perfecting, <laughs> and we do. And God is not intimidated by our baggage. God is not like, oh, well, that guy has a string of, of ladies he's wrecked, so I'm not, I can't use him anymore. Like, no, like, God wastes nothing. And I, and I really think if we believe that, not only will we trust in, in God's ability to use us, but we're going to want to be used by him. You know, a lot of people, even volunteers when I was a pastor, they, they said that, you know, Tori, I can't volunteer because I don't think I have anything to offer. God can't use me because of X, Y, and Z. And I think in relationships, that's true. We are, we don't want to pursue anything. Maybe we're hung up on a past thing and we don't trust. We don't really believe that in the mystery of the unknown, God can actually use us. And that's just wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know what Peter says in, uh, you know, first Peter five, you know, cast all our cares upon on him because he, he cares, cares for, you. for you. You know, we forget yeah. that God cares for us. He's for us. Mm, yeah. <laughs> he is for us. Right. He is never against to think that God is against you, that God is 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 against you and hates you and doesn't want mm. what's best for you is a lie of, of the evil one. Mm-hmm. But these are the kind of lies that sometimes we believe. He's not against us. He is very mm. much for us. And he wants yeah. us to to flourish and to grow. Mm. Sometimes that doesn't look like the expectations that we have for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why we need to be tethered to truth, tethered to God's word and let, yeah. you know, and let God through his word, through the Holy spirit with our eyes fixed on Jesus shape our assumptions and expectations for mm-hmm. how my life should be for what my relationship should look like. Yeah. No, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Thank you. Pumai. Yeah. God is just so gracious because he doesn't have to redeem. He doesn't have to restore, but he shouldn't really. He, he's holy. If he chooses to be close to the broken heart, he chooses to use the unlikely uh, because he's just a God that, that loves so well. His, his love for us goes beyond the things we've suffered, the things we've done. And, uh, and yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and thank you guys for joining us. Um, yeah, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And we are just so blessed to be a small part of your life. But we are just even more just like our stories that we know you know, can't hold a candle to the thousands of stories you guys have, how God has been intentional for you. And God is always stronger than what we suffer. So, so thank you guys for, I guess, joining us in the race to, to seek Jesus, to run, to run after Jesus is so important and run this together. So take heart. God is not afraid of your baggage <laughs> and God can actually use your baggage too. So God is bigger than your baggage. <laughs> yeah, he is. He really is. Guys, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, email us at thepumapodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Just feel very blessed to be uh, part of your guys' lives. So, yes, if you're single, embrace the mystery and love Jesus. Follow Jesus. Regardless, if you're married, follow and love Jesus too. Stay focused on him because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. But don't be bored. Yeah, yeah. yeah don't be bored, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't tell your spouse, yeah, you're boring. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, God God is very close to the single and, and the married couple and those who maybe are maybe struggling in marriage, struggling in singleness. God is not, again, intimidated by our weaknesses at all. Hmm. And he loves you. So that's pretty cool. Well, guys, we'll see you next week. So right. yeah, have a good one. Yep. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.